Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,308 with a release date of Friday, January 21st, 2022. To follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Disaster and a communications blackout in Tonga. Preserving DX access on remote Central Pacific Islands and an online museum with some very old and very rare QSL cards. All this and more is Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,308 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. We begin this week with a developing story. As Newsline went to production, relief and communication efforts were coming slowly to the island nation of Tonga, which was left cut off from the rest of the world after two consecutive natural disasters. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, fills us in. The eruption of an underwater volcano triggered a deadly tsunami that devastated the nation of Tonga, throwing the Pacific island chain into a communications blackout. While military relief efforts struggled to bring clean water and basic supplies from Australia and New Zealand to residents, Tonga's apparent lack of active amateur radio operators spelled silence on those frequencies. As Newsline went to production, amateurs in New Zealand who are also active first responders awaited word on what help was needed by radio or other means. Don Wallace ZL2TLL, a director of IARU Region 3, told Newsline in an email he and Andrew Bates ZL1SU, manager of the New Zealand Red Cross IT and Telecom Emergency Response Unit, were among those awaiting word on whether they would be deployed. Don said the Red Cross itself was already providing aid. In a public posting on Facebook, Mark Hanrahan, VK4DMH, president of the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society, VK4WIG, said the only communications available from Tonga appeared to be via a few satellite phones which were proving unreliable. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. While we hams work with conductive metal wire when we set out to build the best antenna for our purposes, a group of researchers in Canada used something else, DNA. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has that story. Researchers in chemistry at the University of Montreal have created what they call the world's tiniest antenna, one they've engineered using DNA to let them study structural changes that occur within proteins. This nano-antenna uses light instead of the radio frequencies we hams are so accustomed to. Researcher Scott Haroon said in a report, the DNA-based nano-antennas can be synthesized with different lengths and flexibilities to optimize their function. He later added, by carefully tuning the nano-antenna design, we have created a 5 nanometer long antenna that produces a distinct signal when the protein is performing its biological function. The researchers reported their findings recently in the journal Nature Methods. They compared the fluorescent nanoantenna's performance to that of a repeater. It receives light in one wavelength and transmits back at another, depending on what behaviour it detects in the protein. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. 
Students in Israel recently experienced the thrill of seeing amateur radio satellites of their own design sent into space. Jason Daniels, VK2 LAW, has more on that story. Eight satellites designed and built by students throughout Israel were sent into space on January 13th aboard SpaceX's Falcon launcher. The eight satellites Tevel 1 through to 8 have amateur radio FM transponders and beacon transmitters, all operating on the same frequency. They entered their planned orbits about 90 minutes after departing the launcher. The beacon transmissions can be heard on 436.400 MHz. The FM transponders are using an uplink frequency of 145.970 MHz and a downlink frequency of 436.400 MHz. The mission also carried AMSAT EA's Hades and EASAT-2 satellites. Hades is using the callsign AM6SAT and EASAT-2 is using the callsign AM5SAT. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. The Pacific Remote Islands Marine National Monument is on the map for many avid DXers. Now they're working to make sure those islands get to stay there. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITF, explains what's happening. Imagine logging a DX contact from any of the seven islands and atolls in the Central Pacific Ocean managed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. This group is known as the Pacific Remote Islands Marine National Monument. D-expeditions don't happen often there. In fact, it's been almost four years since a five-member team from the Northern California DX Foundation landed on Baker Island using the call sign KH1-KH7Z. The Foundation's Don Greenbaum, N1DG, is now leading an effort to open up the islands for more DXers to have the kind of experience he and his teammates had on Baker Island in 2018. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, along with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, have received public comment on the proposal, which has the support of the Foundation. As a new management plan is being drafted for the islands, DXers want to be confident it will ensure continued occasional access there. The comment window closed on January 20th, but the Foundation is hopeful. It said in a statement, quote, Ham radio was used by the early colonizers of Howland, Baker, and Jarvis Islands in the mid-1930s. It is a tradition that extends to today with the 2018 Baker Island Radio Expedition, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. Speaking of DX, many of us would agree that DX never gets old, even if those cards from faraway locations become vintage. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about a unique online museum of sorts that preserves QSL cards for sharing. We hope forever. Jean-Michel, F6AJA, has thousands and thousands of QSL cards, some from rare DX entities, and he didn't even have to turn his rig on once to get them. Jean-Michel has created an online gallery of images of nearly 20,000 QSL cards sorted into different albums, including an assortment of the 10 most wanted DXCC entities spanning the years 2011 to 2020. The collection contains more than 500 cards from contacts on rare French Pacific islands, more than 1,000 from the various research bases in Antarctica, and commemorative stations for the IARU and the ITU. That collection has more than 900 cards. 
Hams collecting DX from the United States have contributed images from each of the states, all dating before 1945. The site is in French, but it is available as an English translation. We are including the address in the text version of this week's newscast. You'll also find Jean-Michel's email address. He's always looking to add to his collection, and you can write to him if you're interested in contributing some of your own cards. For Amateur Radio Newsline, this is Ed Durant, DD5LP. Hams in Canada have a new resource to help them locate other radio operators. As we hear from Cell MB, KB3TZD. The Georgian Bay Amateur Radio Club, VE3OSR, in Canada is offering a way for hams to reconnect with one another through clubs, especially if they have lost touch during the pandemic. Clubs throughout Canada, from the Atlantic to the Pacific, are now shown on a colorful map display, which is free online for all hams reference. The Georgian Bay Amateurs are encouraging other clubs in Canada to add themselves to the map, which can be done by using the button labeled Contact on the bottom of the webpage containing the map. Visit gbarc.ca-clubs.php. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cell Emby, KB3TZD. It's time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KD5 DMT repeater in Benton County, Arkansas, on Saturdays at 7 p.m. local times during the Amateur Radio Information Net on the Benton County Radio Operators repeater system. It's only a beginning, but one amateur radio club in Australia has taken the important first steps in helping residents in local districts, or shires, to communicate better during disasters. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us that story. Radio's resiliency during trying times has become the focus of a new special interest group convened by the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club. The group held its first meeting on Saturday, January 15, focusing on needs in the Shire of Mount Alexander. Using the Zoom platform, the meeting drew representatives from a disaster preparedness group, other amateur radio clubs in Victoria, and a number of candidates studying for their amateur radio licence. Coordinator Tony Fowler, VK3KKP, told Newsline there were even some attendees who were not intending to become hams, but nonetheless want to be able to listen to the amateur frequencies and pass along messages, sometimes by Citizens Band Radio when disaster strikes. Tony is calling the special interest group the Mount Alexander Radio Watch and said its purpose is to create a network of listeners not to launch a rescue group. He said the Bendigo Club is also working with the Greater Bendigo Council to create a mechanism to link area residents with the local council if they experience difficulties during disasters. Tony said the process will be ongoing in Mount Alexander and that other special interest groups are being organised shire by shire. Meanwhile, he said he hopes other shires will set up similar groups of their own and perhaps send a representative to the next Mount Alexander meeting. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Braving the cold, a group of de-expeditioners is headed towards the Arctic Ocean for an island activation that includes some hoped-for satellite contacts. John Williams, VK4JJW, brings us that report. Svalbard, which is considered the world's northernmost habitable place, is home to about 2,000 residents and, for better or worse, more than 3,000 polar bears. 
In April, it will also become the home to a team of amateur radio operators who are launching the first de-expedition from that location to make use of the QO-100 satellite. According to the team's website, although it will prove daunting enough to operate CW, SSB, RITI, FT4 and FT8 following a snowmobile trip to their location in temperatures as cold as minus 25 degrees Celsius, the team will face the bigger challenge of completing QSOs via satellite. The team's website states that this region is on the very edge of the satellite's footprint and permits a view of QO100 at only 3 degrees above the horizon. Eric DeMay, ON4AN, and Max van Rijmnant, ON5UR, considered such a challenge early last year with Svalbard in mind. The team will be using the callsign JW100QO for its satellite contacts between April 22nd and 24th. HF contacts will be made with the callsign JW0X between April 19th and 26th. Mark your calendar. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. In the world of DX, listen for Neville, G3RFS, on the air as 6Y5FS from Jamaica, where he'll be for the next two months. He has been heard on 20 meters using CW, QSL via Logbook of the World, Club Logs OQRS, or via G4BWP. Oliver, DJ5QW, will be using the call signs D4CW and D44DX from Santa Maria Village, Sal Island, Cape Verde, between February 19th and March 2nd. Listen for him on 80 through 10 meters, where he will be using single sideband and CW. QSL to his home call sign, direct, or via the DARC Bureau. Slavo, SP2JMB, and his XYL Dorta, SP2TO, will be on the air as 3B8GY from Mauritius between February 5th and 25th. Be listening on various HF bands and in various modes. QSL to SP2JMB direct. Operators John, AF3K, and Ross, W2TT, who canceled their operation last year due to COVID, will be active as VP5 slash AF3K and VP5 slash W2TT, respectively, from Providenciales Island, NA002, between March 23rd and March 31st. Listen for them as well in the CQ Worldwide WPX Single Sideband Contest on March 26th and 27th, where they will use the call sign VP5P. Send QSLs to N2OO or QSL via Club Logs OQRS. All logs will be uploaded to Logbook of the World, EQSL, and Club Log. Special event stations often connect radio amateurs to great moments in history, whether it's the discovery of a planet, a celebration of statehood, or some other major event. Randy Sly, W4XJ, and Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, bring us the details about a year-long special event in England. Throughout 2022, hams will have an opportunity to connect to some ancient history in commemorating 1,900 years since the building of Hadrian's Wall across England. I asked Amateur Radio Newsline correspondent Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, to tell me a little bit more about the history that inspired two hams, Austin Vaughn, M0MNE, and Roy Nicholson, M0TKF, to operate their stations near the wall. In AD 43, after years of struggling, the Romans conquered the southern portion of the British Isles. 
since the area to the north was inhabited by primitive Celtic tribes and never fully settled, Hadrian's Wall was built, spanning 118 kilometres from coast to coast, as a defensive fortification for the southern Roman province of Britannia. In addition to its place in history, Arthur, the legendary Celtic king, is later said to have fought a battle against the invading Anglo-Saxons in the vicinity of Hadrian's Wall. Parts of Hadrian's Wall still remain today. Amateurs from around the world should point their antennas toward England this year and listen for the two special event stations, GB1900HA and GB1900HW, on the HF and VHF bands in voice, CW, and digital modes. Be sure to check out the QRZ pages for GB1900HA and GB1900HW. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ, with Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. With thanks to AMSAT, Andrew Bate, ZL1SU, the ARRL, the BBC, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, Don Wallace, ZL2TLL, DXWorld.net, the DX Adventure website, Georgian Bay Amateur Radio Club, the Northern California DX Foundation, Observatorial.com, QRZ.com, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, TechExplorus.com, Tony Faya, VK3KKP, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.